Hey everyone, welcome to the MXU Lighting Podcast. I'm Daniel Connell, uh, as usual here, and I've got an awesome guest with me today. Um, with me is Araya Grov- Grovner from Act Entertainment. Um, if you're not familiar with Act Entertainment, Act Entertainment uh, is the U.S. distributor for a lot of amazing products we use. They distribute the uh, the MA product line, MDG Hazers, um, uh, golly, uh, Ayrton moving lights. And then today we're, we're specifically going to talk with uh, Araya about Zactrack, which is one you may have heard me mention recently on another podcast that is something we as a company at DC Pro are, are starting to get into. Uh, but first and foremost, welcome, Araya. Thanks for, for being on. Yeah, thanks for having me. I'm so excited to be here. Awesome. Awesome. Well, kind of like I said, uh, and I have a feeling there's a lot we could talk about because I guess maybe this is the best way to start it. If you would start out telling us a little bit about yourself, because I know you're an LD and I know you're having the MA platform and that we're not talking about those things today, but kind of let us know a little bit about your background and what you do, what you've done. Yeah. So I actually, I grew up on the road. My dad wrote musical theater for a living. So we were all over the place and I accidentally fell into lighting when I found the MA1. Um, was like, hey, I really like this software. I should probably figure out what the lights do. So um, <laughs> that's kind of what got me going. Um, went off, said I'm going to get my degree in lighting design. Um, went off to Webster University in St. Louis, where I met the ACT crew. And they just like welcomed me into their family. I started like doing support almost four years ago now. And now I'm just really you know, ingrained in the MA world. And about a year and a half ago, I found ZachTrack. We started supporting it right before um, COVID hit. And then I had to do a bunch of demos in LA. And I was like, this is, again, just fell in love with the software. And now I'm like, all right, well, what can I do with it? So That is so cool. Yeah. I, uh, uh, not, the, not the conversational track we want to go down right now, but I actually got my start in musical theater as well. So a little bit of a shared. I tried the college thing, but that didn't go too well. So kudos to you for being able to stick through it. Uh, but so kind of back on the focus of, of Zach track, um, I've talked about it a little bit on a previous podcast, but, uh, I'd love to hear in your words, what, what is it? Oh yeah. Uh, it is a way to turn any of your automated moving lights into follow spots. Um, it's, it's another design element. I would say it's more than just like, hey, I'm going to front light someone's face, but like, how can I add movement to the stage with the movement of the person? So that's like. That's awesome. And uh, you kind of keyed on something there. Um, Several great great questions from that, but you specifically said uh, it's a way to turn lighting into follow spots, but it actually does a lot more than that as well, doesn't it? Like you could tie it into spatial audio you could tie it into videos. That I think we'll probably focus on the, the lighting part for the purpose of this podcast, but it does a little bit of all that. Is that right? Oh, yeah. So, I mean, there's other programs like Space Map Go that Myers makes that you can tie it into. I know there's a couple others, but that's just the one that I know off the top of my head. And then, like, even with video, you can send, like, PSN data into your, your video network and, like, let that add that movement to, like, a floor or a wall or, like, I don't know, whatever you can come up with. Yeah. Well, that's so awesome. For the purpose of this podcast, I think we're definitely going to focus on the lighting part of it, but I didn't mm-hmm. want to get through it and not mention that because that seems like a really cool part where just, you know, a, a majority of our listen, listeners here on the MXU podcast are coming from the house of worship community. Mm-hmm. And I, I definitely think lighting will be um, where they would use Zach track the, the, the quickest, mm-hmm. but we're also starting to see more multimedia adapted into that. So if you're looking for cool ways to track, um, 
you know, people along with video and all that, Zachtrack may be a, a great option for that. But steering back into the lighting conversation. So uh, Act Entertainment distributes Ayrton moving fixtures. Does Zachtrack only work with Ayrton? Does it work with all moving lights? How does that work? No, I like to say that if it can send and receive DMX, you can use Zachtrack with it. Awesome. Yeah. And is that, does that also... Uh, is that also the same for consoles? Is it specifically an yes. MA? So if your console, again, can send or receive ArtNet or SACN, which are like the two most widely used network protocols as there is, then you can talk to ZachTrack. That's super cool. Yeah. Um, I looked through, so we, as a company, we, we distribute or we sell, you know, uh, Act Entertainment products. Um, and so I'm a little more familiar. I've, I've looked through some of this. But for anyone who's just not... Um, not ever heard of Zach Track. This is the first time they're getting into it. I'd love to kind of start talking through it from maybe a little bit nuts and bolts yeah. uh, approach of what what physically is it? What do you have to put into your room? Um, what how how do you how does it function? Is it all through your lighting console? I mean, I know that's a big broad question, but let's just kind of go down that avenue a little bit and see if yeah. we can explain it. I I love to unpack the different parts of it. So I like to start the conversation with there's a brain. And we call this brain the server. And it's literally a half U rack mount unit. It's very small. It's going to be slightly bigger than like one of your nodes. And so that is the processing of the whole system. And so from the server, you're sending out information via ZACnet. We have our own protocol to 8 to 11 anchors. The 8 to 11 is going to depend on the size of your space. What's an anchor? Uh, it's essentially a little paddle. It's like 8 inches or so wide by like six inches tall. Um, it's a little plastic piece. and But inside that piece of plastic is um, a radio. <laughs> it's a radio antenna. Yes, that's what it is. It sounds kind of like a, sorry, I didn't mean to step on you there. It kind of sounds like a sure wireless paddle that a lot of our people would be used to for wireless yeah. microphones. Lots of people yeah. looking at it go, oh, that's a paddle. Mm -hmm. um, we just call them anchors. Uh, the reason we call them anchors is because uh, when they all communicate with each other, they figure out where they are and they create a 3D mesh that anchors the 3D environment that the tracking exists in. So, what uh, do we have to individually power those? Is it just a network line to them? What's they're is all it wireless? POE. Okay. So you run them, right. you run them all back to some POE switches, and all those switches are tied into each other and then running back to the Zactrek server. Awesome. And once those are installed, like especially in the church world, like your building doesn't change shapes, right? right. Unless you build a new one, um, yeah. then they pretty much just stay where they are. You're not going to have to move or reconfigure them. You could just move the lights in your space depending on your new rig. That's awesome. I'm, I've got about 400 questions here, and I'm trying to not jump too far ahead because <laughs> I don't want to blow past people that are, have not really heard of this yet, but uh, I'm very interested because we, we are starting to adopt this some as a company. So I, I have my own questions, but I'm trying to uh, also th think about the people that haven't heard of it yet. Okay. So we're kind of going through the mechanics of it. You, you mentioned the server, you mentioned the anchors. Um, and then at some point, this all ties back into your lighting console via one of the protocols you mentioned before. Right. So what I think the beautiful thing about Zachtrek is you can use it without a console. Oh, it oh, sends its own DMX, right? You're, you're sending DMX to a node that talks to the fixtures. But before we even get the console involved, you can set it up and get tracking going. Okay. Right, and, so and it can work independent of your console as well. Awesome. And then there is a, and, and I forget off the top of my head what you guys call them, but there's, is, isn't there a device that the people yes. wear? That yeah. Is, okay. How, we call those trackers or tags. Um, the whole system is radio-based. So all of these different components I'm going to talk about, they're all communicating via radio. And the 
tags themselves, they are like, they fit in the palm of your hand. They're super light. They can be worn like on a lanyard or you can put them in your pocket or like in the theater world, we always recommend, hey, put them under your wig. Like that's a really oh, good cool. spot for them to go. Yeah. That's very cool. Does, um, does b placement on the body affect how the fixture aligns with the person at all? Yeah. So because this is radio, the one caveat to radio is water. And unfortunately, mm. we are sacks of water. <laughs> <laughs> That's how we were designed, right? Yeah. So um, let's say I have my you know tag on the front of me and on a lanyard and I turn my back to all of my anchors. Well, guess mm -hmm. what? They cannot see me. They cannot go through me. So gotcha. tracker placement is key. So you need to be in line with at least four anchors at one time. So okay. you have eight to 11 in a system, but I really only need to be in line with four of them. So the anchors then, are, we place some of them downstage, yeah. we place some of them upstage. Yeah, so we, we place them strategically and asymmetrically. Asymmetrically has been the hardest part about this setup for like all of us lighting people to understand because we want to hang everything ah. perfectly symmetrical. And the yeah. reason that symmetry is not our friend in this situation is because we need as many unique points as possible and not just unique on the x-axis, but on the x-y and the z-axis. The okay. more unique our points can get, the better of a mesh Zach Track can build. So in addition to putting anchors, you know, on your trusses or battens overhead, would it also be helpful to put some on the floor for that Z-axis, like on a riser or something? Yeah, like we would say about head height. So about six feet off okay. the ground is about as low as you want to go. And if you think about it, if you have any lower and someone stands in front of it, now it's not usable anymore because you've just blocked this, the radio waves. Got it. That makes yeah. a lot of sense. So head height or higher is going to be your best bet. Awesome. So I'm going to, I'm going to frame the conversation. I still think there's more nuts and bolts stuff we can get into here, but for anyone that's kind of started listening and is already starting to tune out because they're going, what does this have to do with <laughs> church production world at all? Here, here's been my real, real big passion when it comes to talking about Zach track and getting it implemented in, in our part of the industry is, um, lighting for video has become so important in the church community. Mm. Um, you know, I, I, I spent, you know, a little over a decade in the, in the touring world and then got into the church world um, around 2007. And at that time, to find a church that um, broadcasted their service in any way whatsoever was still relatively rare. You had the big mega churches that did the, the TV broadcast and that sort of thing, but uh, online streaming wasn't what it is today. And even um, a lot of churches may, might have projectors in their room where they'd use iMag for, for you know, showing the, the speakers on stage or the the uh, musical team. Um, there wasn't a lot of streaming. There wasn't a lot of outside the building uh, broadcast going on. Now it's ra rare to find a church that doesn't do that. So lighting, proper lighting for video has become such a big deal. And, um, you know, whereas in, you know, mine and your world of doing concerts or theater, usually we can, we can, we know what the performance space is. Not true with everybody, but your lead in your play is not going to decide to jump off stage and go walking through the audience unless that's scripted. Right. Um, for the most part, your musical artists are kind of going to do the same thing. I mean, they might crowdsource a little bit. Uh, a problem we constantly have in this part of the industry is pastors just going, I'm jumping off the stage and I'm, I'm heading out to the audience and I'm going anywhere I want to go. Um, in a properly mapped out room with anchors distributed in the right way, would Zach track, and of course, fixtures obviously in the right position as well. Would Zach track allow fixtures to follow that person, you know, right. off the performance? Yeah. Yeah. So 
the ZachTrack Anchor Network um, exists in about a 30 by 30 by 30 meter cube right? Um, which is a pretty large for most buildings. Um, however, we have found that you might need to track outside of that cube, and that is 100% possible as well, as long as your tags or trackers still have a line of sight to your anchors. You can get about 50 to 60 feet away from that cube. So, so the sorry, not to interrupt. Check, check, check my math here, because a lot of the, uh, I'm sure we have a lot of people listening who are, are U.S. standard based, but that sounds like that's about 100 foot by 100 mm -hmm. foot by 100 foot cube. Yeah. Awesome. Okay, so and, and I'm sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt, but no, I want to make okay. sure that we didn't confuse everyone with the metric system. Because sorry, I, I, the, I feel like it's only the system like it's only itself is in millimeters, <laughs> and so my brain is like, I need to learn it, but also I don't understand it, and other people don't <laughs> either. It's funny, you know. I'll I'll, I'll give credit here. Uh, MA3D is actually what made me get most familiar with the metric system because yeah. it took me forever to find out there's a little button in there where you can convert it over to standard. So uh -huh. years ago, when I first started using MA3D, I just made myself learn metric measurements and get it internalized. So side, side story, but a little, little anecdotal there. So getting us back on, on track a little bit. So we've got about 100 foot by 100 foot by 100 foot cube we can use. But you were saying we could potentially even go outside of that a little bit if yeah. we needed to? So it's going to depend on like your trackers to anchor placement, like how far away you are and... But that's that's roughly what we've seen. We've been setting it up at trade shows and stuff too, and like we were just like, how far away can we get in this building? And yeah, so that that's been fun. Did you do it at LDI this past yeah, year? Yeah, we did it at LDI. We were just at USITT last week, showing it off for oh, all the oh, students right. there. Yeah. I was at your booth at LDI. I hate that I missed it. Uh, we were checking out. We were uh, uh, we were checking out uh, Bridge heavily. Oh yeah. We were super Very excited cool about that. Um, so. No, that's another podcast altogether. But um, all right, back on track for I think the third time. Um, okay, so it would be possible in a lot of our, um, uh, you know, use the term you want, uh, event facilities, sanctuaries, whatever the church calls their building, you, we would not be limited just to a stage space. Um, and since this, you pointed out very, very correctly that since this is not a touring application, we can install it all once and kind of set it and forget it. We can put the anchors in place. Um, and then I guess when it comes to choosing that, you know, I'll say as a, as a company, we haven't done a Zactrack install yet. We're looking forward to doing our first. But is that something where, you know, uh, if, if us or the end client got room dimensions back to you guys, you would kind of advise on anchor placement? Oh, yeah. Point? There's been like various tours or installs that they've just sent me a plot or measurements, and I've been like, "All right, well, let's let's figure this out together," um, and like sent them back. This is like a really good option, and then they've like brought me back feedback and been like, "Okay, this wasn't working, and why?" And then you know, gotcha. we we've definitely done some support on the whole anchor placement, so we're awesome. here for we're here for anyone that needs to install it. Awesome. And you kind of mentioned, and I we 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 kept jumping through there, but. You don't really have to have a lighting console, but obviously in most of these situations, there's going to be a lighting console involved already. What is the, I guess, what is the the steps? What is the practically? What are the the nuts and bolts of of how all that connects? Here, here's maybe a, a good example to start out with. Um, someone may want to use these lighting fixtures as a general wash or as effect fixtures for part of the show, and then um, at some point they become follow spot fixtures for a target. Is that, is that doable, or do those fixtures need to be dedicated just to be Zach Track follow spots? No. 
they don't have to be dedicated to ZackTrack. They can be, they're flexible. Um, so how it works is there's, there's three different ways you can communicate with the fixtures, right? There's hardline DMX out of the back of your console. There is an SACN node or an ArtNet node. The easiest way to set it up, and what I'll explain here, is SACN. And that is my console is sending data to the fixtures, my ZackTrack is sending data to the fixtures, and it's all meeting at the node. Now, the reason I suggest SACN is because it's a multicast protocol that has priorities. So my console can be at like priority 100, and ZackTrack can be at 101. And so what happens there is if ZackTrack's not sending out any pan tilt data, the console information is going to the fixtures as usual. And as soon as ZackTrack sends out that pan tilt or that focus or zoom data, then it takes over because it has a higher priority. Gotcha. And that would be similar to, you know, I, I know a lot of people in our community have done, uh, you know, merged data before when maybe you have a pixel map heavy fixture, such as like the Ayrton Magic Panels or something, where you may want to map data to the face of the fixture for LED mapping, but you also want to still have pan and tilt control from your, your MA. Mm -hmm. Similar similar kind of concept as far as the stre streaming ACN goes, right? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Wonderful. Um, uh, from looking through the, the product, I've noticed there's a, is it, I'm trying to remember the two categories. Is it smart and pro is what you guys call the two different ones? Yeah. So the pro system is you, you need to measure everything. It's a little less um, automatic and it's for like bigger arena type situations. Um, gotcha. Most of your market is going to need the smart system. And so the smart system has an auto calibrating and like calibrating fixtures is super slick. Um, and so that's what we are primarily pushing at the moment. That's awesome. Well, uh, if if you're listening to this, I actually did this myself earlier today because I wanted to make sure I didn't sound like a complete idiot. But there are some great videos on the ZackTrack website that kind of explain how some of this works. Um, so definitely, if you're listening to this and you're interested, I'd suggest following up with that. Did you see the ones on the ACT Academy? Uh, no, I only went to the ZackTrack website. Directly. Oh, well, you need to go to the ACT Academy. So if you go to all ACT right. Academy's website, we made a whole course all about ZackTrack. It's about two hours long, and it's going to take you through everything from like a four-minute video about a 10,000-foot overview down to the nuts and bolts of making fixture profiles and how to merge all your DMX. Well, see, now I'm going to have to go watch that, and we're going to have to do like podcast 2.0, <laughs> the, 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 yeah. the follow-up. Um, no, in reality, we're actually uh, at our company. We've got a uh, ACT Lighting kind of demo going on next week where we're going to get to get hands on with Zach tracks. So I'm, I'm, I'm excited about that one. Um, what about multiple targets? Are there any issue there? We just restricted to one or, you know, how does that work? Oh, like multiple, multiple trackers people? at mm -hmm. once. Oh yes. So you're limited to 12 active trackers in a system at once. Oh wow. However, if you have, let's, let's say one actor or person needs to wear two trackers that does count as two towards your total 12. Why would someone need to wear two? Um, so like I said, we're water sacks, right? So if I can't put it up high, like on my head or on a shoulder where all my anchors can see it, then it would benefit the tracking if I wore one on my front and one on my back. So You need to um, trademark that saying, by the way, and make t-shirts, like Zach Track t-shirts that just say, I'm a water sack. <laughs> <laughs> I, I want the first one. Duh. Okay, that's, great. That's great. We're working on yep. our merchandise line right now. No, that sounds awesome. I love that. Uh, awesome. Cool. So up to 12 people, which um, for our market, generally, I don't think we're even, you know, there might be a few oddball events where you get beyond that. But, you know, I'd say that the majority of uh, churches out there would be looking at following two to six people. So it sounds like in that, court of, yeah. that sort of environment, you could even double up, um, is it pucks that the people everywhere? 
trackers. trackers. Sorry, mm-hmm. you could double up trackers on everybody, and just for redundancy and yeah. back up and okay, and to get around the whole water sack thing. Yeah, <laughs> love it. Awesome. And then while um, while you're on that, like, so what what's called in the system is like we merge them, so they become one in the system. So that's like if one drops off because that could happen depending on how you turn, then there's always one that is the core. So that's how it knows to keep following it. Very cool. Very cool. Um, well, you know, I'll be honest. I feel like I'm kind of drinking from a fire hose here, and I'm, I'm almost a little bit overwhelmed by the amount of information I've already got. Is there anything we've kind of missed? Anything else I think, you want to dive into? I think another about? really big point is you don't need someone to run it during the service, right? right. You could track those two to six people that you're going to need to track and there's not someone running a follow spot and mm-hmm. you can use more fixtures than just one front light fixture. You're getting the backlight and the key light and the side light that you need to make yeah. them look nice on camera. And a ton of churches use volunteer operators um, for events. So, uh, you know, what I'm hearing here is once it's initially set up, um, having it worked in their service could be a simple just button push on the console that any volunteer can be trained for, and then you now have a fully automated tracking system for your your speaker or your worship leader or something like that. Yeah, there there is some programming involved on the console side. Like, for instance, you have to say these fixtures, they go to this tracker. Um, and then there's other different... Um, attributes that you can use like if they're doing some running on stage i'm going to add more prediction meaning the light like says hey the person's going this way at this speed i'm going to keep up at this speed um so like that's something that could be added in but for the most part like you know you're worshiping you're walking around they're they're pretty keeping they're keeping a pretty consistent speed can all of that can all of those options be added into queues so a a person an operator can simply go they're they're walking fast i need to go to this queue so that's the big thing on our side is, is um, you know, we, we have, you know, we call them high capacity volunteers. They're the volunteers you can, you can train to do a little bit more than your, your average person walking up. Or uh, we really make a push to make it where there's a pre-programmed queue that a volunteer just knows, oh, when this happens, I need to hit that button. And kind of what I'm hearing here is Zach Tracks work, would work, Zach Track would work well with that uh, in that they just, okay, the pastor's jumping off the stage. I need to hit this one button. Zach track engages and starts following at that point. Yeah, and then another another one that you would literally keep on a fader all the time is what we call freeze. And if you're walking around or you're moving quickly, you're going to keep freeze all the way down at zero. So I'm getting that raw data of the movement. But when I'm standing behind a pulpit and I might be like swaying back and forth or like moving around, now I don't want to see the beams move as much as the body is moving because guess what? Their feet aren't actually going anywhere. Then I might ride that freeze fader up to kind of dampen the movement. That is cool. That is so cool. You know, the other big exciting part about this for me is you, you mentioned follow spots and not needing follow spot operators. Um, when I toured, I, we used follow spots all the time. You know, whether it's arenas or theaters, they're designed to have follow spot positions in there. And I'm sure you know from, from experience as being an LD, some rooms are better than others. I don't know that I've ever worked in a church that had good follow spot positions. Um, I can actually think of one that was uh, used to be an arena, which is the only reason it has follow spot positions. So even when I've done large events in larger churches and we've wanted follow spots, we've had to do truss spots, um, which you can imagine how interesting it is to lower down a truss between shows at a church to allow spot operators to climb into truss chairs and go up. So what's nice about this is in this part of the industry, we actually can have that follow spot uh, option again without having to have a physical follow spot or a person 
operating it. So, I mean, if, if it basically, if you can hang a light there, it can become a follow spot using ZackTrack. Yeah. yeah. We even, we were even doing a show recently where we had um, X4 bars, you know, going upstage and downstage. Mm-hmm. And we even got the tilt just to follow. Oh, wow. The artist upstage, downstage, which was really, it was cool. Which is a good point there. And I don't think we've exactly touched on it because I think it's something you and I would probably just assume. But ZackTrack can also provide backlight follow spot. You know, it's, uh, we didn't, you know, we did not say it, but it's, we've been talking about front light a lot, but it really, it could be three or four point, point lighting or even more for an individual person. Is there a limit to how many fixtures could follow? Oh, so there's actually a limit to how many, like if you have only one server, so just one brain, then you are mm-hmm. limited to 20 fixtures total. Whether that's 20 fixtures on one person or spread out over those six people, that doesn't matter. But you are going to be limited to 20. If you need to open up and go beyond that 20, you would just buy a second brain. Not a whole second kit, just a second brain. Gotcha. I can't imagine many situations in, in our part of the industry where someone's going to need to follow with more than 20 fixtures. Uh, you say that, that now. You know, What's that? I said, you say that now. <laughs> I say that now. Hey, it keeps growing. You know, if when I really got into this part in 2007, I had no idea we'd be where we at, we're at now, but uh-huh. hey, here we are. All right. Well, that's awesome. So we can do, we can do full backlighting, side lighting, front lighting, tracking. Mm-hmm. Um, we can track a uh, average in a hundred foot by hundred foot by hundred foot cube if we need to, which is going to cover most of the space a pastor or a worship leader in a church is going to go. Um, it's not console specific at all. Um, you know, one of the things we also haven't talked about that, that I'm excited about with this is, um, I, I'll say this up front. I, I know how much this costs. And, um, you know, there's probably a lot of applications where people would look at this cost and go, oh, well, that doesn't make sense for our facility. Here's where I'm going to push back on that a little bit um, and, and, you know, see if you have any, any input into this as well. So often we have to put in so many lighting fixtures for lighting a large space. You know, a lot of a lot of church stages uh, are easily 60 to 80 feet wide, and a lot of them want uh, key lighting to cover that full spectrum. So if you're lighting it with LED ellipsoidals, or if you're lighting it with, you know, some type of, of moving light, like Air 10 Diablos or, or whatever your, your flavor of front light moving light is, you're talking about a lot of fixtures and a lot of expense. With something like this, you can light that larger space with much, much fewer fixtures, which means few, less fixture cost, um, less maintenance cost. Um, thing, even things like uh, load on ceilings in churches is an issue we deal with a lot because a lot of churches weren't designed to handle the physical load of production that we want to put in nowadays. So uh, we run into a lot of situations where churches just don't have the weight capacity for their ceiling. So that is one of the things that's most appealing to me about ZackTrack is you can now cover a huge wide space like that with just a handful of fixtures. So that's both going to help with power draw, um, heat dissipation into the room, uh, fixture budget, all these things. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, like going on that, um, I had it set up at a church in Santa Clarita called Higher Vision. And oh, cool. this over Christmas when we were filming our uh, our videos and they wanted to do this thing in the round in the middle of the room. It was like he was like dressed up as Joseph and he was doing this illustrated sermon. And instead of them having to move all of their fixtures out to the middle of the room because we had Zachtrack set up and I had four Mistrals hung, they literally just used those four fixtures. They could they move their stage and they used Zachtrack for the whole weekend. That's awesome. And it just made it possible. That brings up another great point. Um, this is not something that you necessarily have to purchase to have in your room all the time. I think we're starting to see rental companies 
bring Zach track systems into their rental inventory. And I'll even say it's something we're at DC pro that we're, we're considering doing, but if a church wanted to use Zach track for one event for maybe their Christmas, their Easter or something of that nature, um, it's very much within the realm of doable to deploy it just for that one event. Right. Totally. Yeah. And that sounds, I mean, that sounds like that's what you exactly what you were just telling us that you guys did, uh, for that event. Very cool. Very cool. Um, well, I could probably keep going uh, all day long on this, but we're going to get going into the nuts and bolts. Is there anything else kind of before we land this plane that you want to share with us I, about? I think we need to talk about zones first. Okay, I, don't if, I don't know if you have read, heard about, read about the auto functions that it can do. But no, so you're not limited to just um, pan and tilt, but Zaktrack can also control dimmer, zoom, iris, and focus. On your pictures. I didn't know that at all. Yes. Okay. I think the biggest takeaway about that is the dimmer aspect of it. Um, You can create what we call zones where I say this space, I want dimmer to be at full. And then when you cross this space, I want it to be at zero. So yeah, if, cool. if your pastor needs to walk off stage quickly or whatever, instead of having to be like, oh, crap, oh, I'm pulling the lights down, it just fades off on its own when they walk off the stage. Where and I then, thought you were going to go with that was if they're walking out towards the audience and they're getting closer to the fixture, you know, and you are lighting for video, the intensity on them is actually increases that distance decreases. So you could do that same thing where he steps off the front of the stage and the fixture starts dimming to a more appropriate le- level for video wash. That too, yeah. Um, that's so awesome and because of this it does a perfect pickup which like you know theater people love right so Mm -hmm. it's like it's already tracking you when you're off stage and then as soon as you walk on stage it's perfectly you're lit as you're walking out that's so cool all right i'm realizing that uh i don't know what i don't know about zach track so uh, same what other cool stuff does it do you can tell us about (laughs) yeah um oh okay another another really cool feature that we like is called smart beam so if you let Zach track take over the beam size you say hey I want the beam to be you know x obviously we talk in meters wide and as it moves upstage and downstage it will compensate for the fact that you're moving further away or closer to the fixture and keep the beam the same size man it's like the best follow spot operator ever I know don't have to think yeah. about it that's for cool very yeah. cool okay keep teaching me here I don't <laughs> what else do I not know um I, there's I, as as I'm getting to know it, there's like even more like little tricks. Um, I'm just starting to get into like the OSC side of things. So like, if you want to call me in a month, we could talk about there all the other things. You know, that might that actually be a great you idea. You know, I, I think this is great to get the initial concept out there for people to understand and kind of some of the basics. You know, like I said, next week as a company, we get to dive into it deeper. Um, I would love to have you back on maybe a month or two down the road. Once we've gotten to know it more, maybe we get it in some clients' hands and let them play around with it and see what questions come up. You know, I will say this, this, this technology is something I've been very excited for our industry to get for a long time for a lot of reasons you and I've talked about. I think the house of worship community is actually prime candidates to use this. It just, um, it hasn't quite caught on maybe the way it has in touring and, and all that. So, um, so yeah, thanks for jumping on with us today and, Thanks, thanks for uh, kind of letting us get a, an initial understanding of it. And I'll definitely love to, to talk about it more kind of as we get, you know, as we, we all get a little more, more familiar with it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, awesome. I'd love to be back. Awesome. Well, hey, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to wind this down then. Uh, you know, I kind of want to close with saying this. I didn't realize this until about 10 minutes before you and I started recording today. Um, and I'm going to stress here that we didn't plan this, um, but it's actually International Women's Day. 
and you are the first woman we've had on the MXU Lighting Podcast. So I want to say thank you for that. Thank you for educating us today. Thank you for sharing your expertise with us. Um, and just thanks for being a woman in this industry, because I, I can imagine uh, in, in what is definitely a male-dominated industry, I can imagine how hard it is to, to make it as a woman in it. And I have never met a woman that works in the production industry that hasn't just been amazing at her craft. So I'm, I'm thankful for, for, for you and for, for all the other women that uh, help contribute to, the, to this. So Thank you. Well, there's a lot of us out there. There is. We're there taking is. over. We, we, need, we need more and more for sure. So uh, hopefully we'll, we'll keep, uh, you know, especially in our, you know, we're starting to see more of that in the church production community, which I just think is amazing. So um, that's awesome. Well, happy International Women's Day. Uh, Araya, thanks for jumping in with us and explaining it to us. And hopefully we'll, we'll kind of come back and do a recap here in a month or two. All right. Talk to you soon.